Hello, everyone, and bienvenidos to a special bonus episode of the Paseo podcast. You'll notice it sounds a bit different than what I normally do. Sometimes with our bonus content, I may be the one interviewing, I may not be the one interviewing. Either way, it's going to be quality stuff. So instead of me interviewing a guest, this bonus episode is a recording of a Puerto Rican Agenda press conference that was held on Monday, February 24th. We also have a video of the press conference on our Facebook page at Paseo Podcast if you would like to see that version too. This press conference was to report what the Illinois delegation that went to Puerto Rico on a six-municipality tour witnessed. They were there to deliver over $30,000 in earthquake relief aid raised through the Puerto Rican Agenda's 3Rs campaign. If you need to be brought up to speed, I'll include the link in the show notes to the previous presser announcing the reactivation of the 3Rs campaign. Some of the speakers you're going to hear in the press conference include co-chairs of the Puerto Rican Agenda, Jesse Fuentes and Cristina Pasiones Zayas, Chicago Alderwoman of the 33rd Ward, Rosana Rodriguez, Congressman Jesus Chuy Garcia, Illinois State Representative Delia Ramirez, and executive member of the Puerto Rican Agenda, Carlos Jimenez Flores. Now, let's head into the press conference. Yoni Zayas, co-chair of the Puerto Rican Agenda, C-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-P-A-C-I-O-N-E hyphen Z-A-Y-A-S. Welcome, everyone. Last week, the Puerto Rican Agenda of Chicago partnered with Congressman Jesus Chuy Garcia to convene a delegation from Illinois to tour the six municipalities that had been deeply affected by the incessant earthquakes since December 2019. Our delegation included State Representative Delia Ramirez, who represents this district right here, the fourth in the Illinois State House, as well as State Representative Lamont Robinson from the 5th District. We also had nine members of the Puerto Rican Agenda present, ready to deliver resources, aid, and solidarity to the people of Puerto Rico. We were graciously hosted by the mayor of Comerio, Josian Santiago, who represents a municipality in the central mountainous region but also a deep partnership with our community for the past 15 years. Our objective was threefold. The first was to see firsthand the damage that has occurred in the southern region, particularly about these areas that have been designated as disaster areas as a result of the earthquake. The second was to demonstrate solidarity by delivering the donations collected by our community and our allies directly to the communities affected, the families affected, the individuals. It was a community to community outreach. And then the third was to call attention and urge the federal government to release the aid that has been appropriated since Hurricane Maria and ultimately to demand that that aid go directly to our municipalities and the community-based organizations that are handling this work firsthand frontline because what we have been able to already see not only since the beginning of this problem but even throughout is that the central government does not have the capacity nor the right mindset to attend to the needs of the people of Puerto Rico. Our six municipality tour visited 
Juanica, Lajas, Guayanilla, Yauco, Peñuelas, and Ponce. Each town demonstrated unique needs, but also generated specific solutions to those needs. What was undeniable in this whole trip was really the spirit of resilience and generosity of Puerto Ricans across the island. What you saw were people traveling from different parts of Puerto Rico to deliver aid, relief, and solidarity. What you also ultimately saw was a significant act of self-reliance. The narrative about Puerto Ricans being a leech to this country is completely false. Everything that has happened on the island in reaction and response to the relief necessary to mitigate the impact of these earthquakes has been directly led by Puerto Ricans. For that particular reason, the way that we decided to reactivate our fundraising campaign was to continue on our strategy that had been so effective during Hurricane Maria, and that is to mobilize money as well as our relationships. And so it is with my pleasure to introduce my co-chair, Jesse Fuentes, who's going to also allow for some moments of our representatives to be able to speak about what they saw firsthand and talk more specifically about how the donations got right to the hands of the people. Jesse Fuentes, co-chair of the Puerto Rican Agenda, J-E-S-S-I-E, Fuentes, F-U-E-N-T-E-S. We have been as successful because of the relationships that we have with the elected officials that represent our community, our city, and the Puerto Rican people in solidarity. It is with distinct pleasure that I introduce to you our Congressman, Jesus Chuy Garcia. Thank you, uh, Jesse and uh, Christina, uh, for the opening remarks. I am delighted to be here today with the leadership of Chicago's Puerto Rican Agenda, uh, a group that is serious about relationships with people on the island of Puerto Rico. Uh, it is an extension of uh, all of those uh, in the diaspora who truly care and put into action their love and their commitment to improve the lives of people in Puerto Rico. Uh, my visit there was twofold. Uh, on the one hand, I uh, joined with uh, Senator uh, Dick Durbin and a delegation of seven members of the Congress's Committee on Transportation and Infrastructure. This is significant because we're conducting oversight to get at the root and the baseless excuses of why the funding that the U.S. Congress has not reached the destinations that we have appropriated funding for. The amount is almost $50 billion. The amount that has been actually dispersed is a fraction of that. This is money that has been appropriated to rebuild homes, to rebuild public facilities, and other critical infrastructure, including 
the electrical system that would be sustainable into the future, that would be resilient and that would be also not dependent on fossil fuels for the future of Puerto Rico and that would adapt to the natural resources and assets that the island has. The other part of the trip, and by the way, uh, as we return to Washington this week, the Committee on Transportation and Infrastructure, which has a direct oversight over these matters on the island of Puerto Rico, will be addressing the following uh, pieces of legislation that have to do directly with the conditions that the people of Puerto Rico are enduring. At this markup this week, we will be addressing the Resiliency Enhancement Act. We're talking about rebuilding, looking toward the future, not as things were, but as they should be, as we talk about infrastructure. Two, we will be addressing the Preventive Disaster Revictimization Act, another key piece of successful recovery efforts. And finally, we will be addressing the Housing Survivors and Major Dis Disasters Act. So the Committee on Transportation and Infrastructure continues to be pushing the envelope and to do away with any excuses of why assistance is not being delivered to Puerto Rico. Finally, um, on the last day of the, the last day and a half of the visit, uh, I want to thank the Puerto Rican Agenda, uh, Cristina, the chair, and Je Je uh, Jesse, the uh, director of the organization, as well as Jose Lopez, and of course all of the members for taking hands-on approaches to making a difference in time of need for the people of Puerto Rico. I'm also very proud to have been joined in addition to uh, Senator uh, Dick Durbin, Representatives Delia Ramirez, and Lamont Robinson from Chicago, showing the unity and solidarity of the people Brevemente en español, eh, la semana pasada tuve el honor de acompañar al liderazgo de la agenda puertorriqueña de Chicago, así como otro, una delegación del Congreso de los Estados Unidos de la Comisión de Transporte y Infraestructura. Esta visita es importante porque por un lado eh, el Congreso está haciendo su deber con respecto al monitorear y deshacer de las excusas que ha utilizado la administración Trump de permitir que los fondos que el Congreso ha designado para la recuperación, la reconstrucción de la isla eh, no, no han llegado a el pueblo puertorriqueño. Estos fondos incluyen dinero para reconstruir viviendas, para reconstruir sistemas de agua potable, sistemas de drenaje, carreteras y caminos también. Pero también hay fondos para construir escuelas y otros edificios públicos que son, son esenciales para la recuperación completa de la isla y hacerlo en una forma que 
entiende lo que hay que hacer en Puerto Rico hacia el futuro para que lo que se construya sea adaptable a las condiciones en el Caribe y especialmente en Puerto Rico. La segunda parte de la delegación fue para demostrar lo que es ser solidarios de un pueblo a otro pueblo. Aquí el pueblo de Illinois, el pueblo de Chicago, ha demostrado su generosidad, su compromiso al pueblo puertorriqueño y el sufrimiento que estos acontecimientos han causado en la isla. Pero al mismo tiempo queremos desenmascarar las excusas que ha utilizado la administración. Los fondos deben llegar a Puerto Rico. Los alcaldes y alcaldesas han demostrado que hay transparencia, que han cumplido con todos los requisitos y que las demoras son innecesarias e inhumanas y el dinero debe ser soltado por la administración Trump. Ya no hay excusas, ya basta. El pueblo merece lo que el Congreso ha apropiado para la recuperación completa de la isla. Así es que eh, me siento muy orgulloso y satisfecho de que el pueblo puertorriqueño localmente, todos sus amigos y aliados, incluyendo la comunidad palestina, la comunidad centroamericana, la comunidad mexicana, afroamericana, Toda la gente que tiene generosidad y compasión ha dicho Puerto Rico tiene que recuperar y lo va a hacer con integridad y se va a pre preparar para un futuro con sustentabilidad. Muchísimas gracias. Thank you, Congressman. It has been a pleasure to watch our state representative represent the Puerto Rican community, advocate for Puerto Rico town, and come to Puerto Rico with us to say that she is rooted and ready. She carried that campaign and she wears that slogan every day in her work. It is a distinct pleasure to introduce our state rep, Delia Ramirez. I think that I got two inches on these heels so I can stay down there. <laughs> it is such an honor to be here home, on the center of the 4th District, on Division Street, at Paseo Borico, Puerto Rico Town Center. Yep. yep. I, I've been thinking about this trip that we took. I got back on Monday night at about 11.30 o'clock at night, and I had to prepare the bag to head to Springfield to be in Springfield by 9.30 a.m. And I think about what I saw in Puerto Rico. I think about the voices and the conversations that we had. And I imagined and I thought, what would it look like here in Humboldt Park to every other minute wonder if the ground is about to start shaking? What would it look like to live in such fear in this town that tonight, if I stay at home, my house may collapse over me and kill me. For the communities in Puerto Rico, this is exactly what they're thinking, wondering, and living in every single day. While we were in Puerto Rico, in these six towns, there were tremors that wouldn't stop. As a matter of fact, in Ponce, when we were in Ponce, there were seven tremors that same day. Over 950 earthquakes have happened in the island since December. 950. 
For me, what we do here in Chicago and what we do in Puerto Rico is extended and a connection. The fourth district represents thousands and thousands of Puerto Rican families, many of them with members in the southern part of the island. But I want to be very clear that as we're talking about the earthquakes, the other piece that I couldn't stop thinking about is a devastation of an island that went through one of the most major hurricanes in history. And the number of people that today are still living without power, they're still living outside, they're still living without roofs because of a hurricane that happened two years ago. And how criminal it feels for us. An island that has been colonized by the United States, receiving little to no support and left abandoned and neglected. And so why am I here at this moment? I'm here in this moment because we understand that we are an extension of the Puerto Rican community here in Chicago and Paso Boricua. That what we do here as our congressmen, as our leaders, as our aldermen, our older women, has so much to do with who we are as Americans. That we cannot every single day go to Springfield, cross through Puerto Rico town, Paso Boricua, go eat Puerto Rican food, go watch a halftime show, and not realize that we have a responsibility to Puerto Rico. It is why on Thursday I stood on that house floor and in Springfield I asked for a point of personal privilege and I echoed what our congressman has said. $50 billion were allocated for Hurricane Maria. Less than $8 billion has been appropriated. Over $4 billion has been appropriated and approved from the Congress for the earthquake relief efforts and not $1 has moved out of the Senate. It is our responsibility to stand in solidarity. It is our responsibility to show up. It is also our responsibility as state legislators, as mayors, as governors, to also take a stand and say, enough is enough. For the opportunity to go to Puerto Rico. We delivered more than $32,000 of micro grants to families, to individuals, to nonprofits to do the work. And what we know of the Puerto Rican community is that you give them a dollar, they will triple and quadruple and leverage every single resource because of their resilience, because of their commitment and who they are. But we know we need far more than that. And so next week I will be introducing a resolution in the State House demanding that our federal government release the deserving appropriate resources that must come to Puerto Rico and must come now. And I will continue to talk to every lawmaker, all 117 members in the State House, about what happens in Puerto Rico and the direct impact it has on every single town here in the state of Illinois and in the country. Because that is what standing in solidarity is. It's showing up, it's advocating, and being unapologetic about it. Thank you. Quiero decir, como la representante estatal de la comunidad donde hay más puertorriqueños históricamente en Paso Boricua, fue un honor y privilegio poder estar en Puerto Rico con el congresista García, el representante Lamar Robinson, y diciendo, no solamente hay que hablar de trabajar y apoyo, hay que también estar ahí. Pudimos dar más de 32 mil dólares a diferentes comunidades, a familias, a personas ahí, pero nos dimos cuenta que todos los días la gente en esos pueblos vive con el temor, ¿qué va a pasar si hoy mi casa me cae encima porque hay otro terremoto? ¿Qué va a pasar si la persona anciana no tiene aire 
acondicionado y está en una, en una en, en, durmiendo afuera en 85 y 90 grados y reconociendo que es nuestra responsabilidad como americanos en este país de demandar de lo que se merece para Puerto Rico que llegue ahí. Así que para mí fue un honor, un privilegio y estoy muy contenta de poder trabajar con un congresista que no solamente habla de abogacía, sino que llega a los lugares, trabaja constantemente. que tenemos un trabajo, un trabajo grande que hacer, que no hay que solo hablar de apoyar a Puerto Rico, hay que hacer el trabajo para ayudar a Puerto Rico. Así que con mucho honor, la semana que viene introduciré una resolución estatal en, en la casa de representantes en, de Illinois, en la capital, demandando que nuestro Congreso suelte el dinero que ya ha sido apropiado para Puerto Rico y asegurarnos que cada uno de los miembros que está ahí entienda que cuando Puerto Rico está sufriendo, todos nosotros estamos sufriendo. Y cuando Puerto Rico sale adelante, todos nosotros salimos adelante. Así que es un honor, continuamos en solidaridad y vamos a recordar y trabajar para que Puerto Rico se levante. agenda reactivated its three R's for Puerto Rico campaign, we had many aldermen and older women who said presente. Particularly, the older woman of the 33rd Ward, Rosana Rodriguez, said presente. And while we were in Puerto Rico, she cheered us on. And today she is here to show her continuous support. It is my privilege to introduce to you our 33rd Ward older woman, Rosana Rodriguez. My name is Rosana Rodriguez-Sanchez. I'm the older woman of the 33rd Ward. Um, I want to start by saying that I am deeply grateful for the work that has gone into making sure that our brothers and sisters in Puerto Rico um, have what they need. I am grateful for the solidarity. I'm, uh, I'm grateful for the organizing work and for the political will that it takes um, to, to make sure that Puerto Ricans have what is rightfully theirs, right? Congressman uh, Garcia was saying, we definitely need to focus on the immediate. Yes, there is an emergency in Puerto Rico, but we also need to make sure that we keep thinking long-term. And what are the things that we're going to need so that our people not are not always surviving, right? So that our people are not always in survival mode. So that our people are not always falling into the resiliency. Yes, Puerto Ricans are resilient. They are really, really resilient. And they got each other's back. But at some point, it destroys you to be self-reliant all the time. So, so to me, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see people who are not Puerto Ricans loving on our people so hard <laughs> and deciding to, 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 to help address the emergency that we're having in Puerto Rico at the moment. I also, I, I will never be in front of a microphone and not say that Puerto Rico is a colony of the United States. <laughs> are owed a lot yes. by the government of the United States. And in this moment, while um, uh, aid has not been released, you have uh, 
Financial Control Board in Puerto Rico who is cutting pensions of people that make only $1,200 a month in order to be able to pay the vulture funds that wreck the economy of Puerto Rico. So I'm going to say that out loud because I think it needs to be said because it's part of building a Puerto Rico that is actually sustainable. Um, mi nombre es Rosana Rodríguez, soy la concejal por el Distrito 33. Eh, quería decir que estoy bien agradecida por la, solidar por la solidaridad, por el trabajo organizativo y por la voluntad política eh, de mis colegas aquí eh, que se dieron a la tarea de ir a Puerto Rico y asegurarse de que nuestros hermanos y hermanas puertorriqueñas tienen lo que necesitan para poder eh, sobrevivir. Y ya no queremos que los puertorriqueños estén sobreviviendo. Queremos que los puertorriqueños tengan la calidad de vida que se merece. Así que queremos hacer planes a largo plazo. Tenemos que trabajar con la emergencia, pero queremos hacer planes a largo plazo para que el, el, nuestro país, para que nuestros hermanos y hermanas puedan tener todos los recursos que necesitan para levantarse y para tener una economía sustentable. Eh, también quiero decir que no nos podemos olvidar cuando hablamos del de trabajo a largo plazo que Puerto Rico es una colonia de los Estados Unidos. En un momento donde no se ha todavía liberado la, el dinero para la emergencia, eh, el dinero de emergencia eh, que Puerto Rico necesita, la Junta de Control Fiscal está cortando las pensiones de gente que, que, que recibe solamente eh, 1.200 dólares mensuales, eh, cortando al 8% para pagarle a, 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 a la gente que destruyó la economía de Puerto Rico. Así que eh, es bien importante que, que nos enfoquemos también en, en trabajar con el asunto de la deuda, eh, porque para poder construir un Puerto Rico que sea sustentable en el futuro, eh, tenemos que trabajar con el colonialismo y con la deuda. Thank you, Rosana. It is a privilege to be able to stand on this podium in front of all of these cameras and community organizers and residents to report to you how each dollar, each contribution, each donation was spent in Puerto Rico. Each municipality that we visited received $5,000 to address the specific needs of each municipality. And we started in Guanica. In Guanica, we gave the $5,000 to a women-led organization that provides counsel, legal representation, and wraparound supports to women who are suffering from domestic violence and in domestic violent relationships. We donated $5,000 to an organization in Lajas, Desteos de Esperanza, an organization that is on call 24 hours a day and primarily led by women who address families that need mental health support, who go and serve food at the camps, who go and organize and donate things such as beds, blankets, cots for families who do not have a home to sleep in. These are women of hope and women that provided hope to every individual and family that needed it in Lajas. We went to Yauco and the mayor of Yauco said, I don't want the money to be given to the municipality. There are five families and their homes are inhabitable. 
They currently do not have a home to go home to, so I want that money to be divided by the five families. We had the privilege of meeting with those five families, their children, and WGN, who came with us to Puerto Rico, also followed one of the families to their homes and got their story covered. We are grateful for the mayor of Yalco and his consideration for the families that needed it the most. We went to Pinuelas and we gave the money to the municipality and he decided that he was going to give that money to the community organizations that ran the camps. Everything from the food, to the services, to the mental health aid, to ensuring that there were people there at each and every moment to give those families what they needed outside of a bed to sleep in. We also donated funds to the Comité Contra la Ceniza and the Nueva Luz, a center that is running a program to help young people and families with trauma. An organization that you can see here providing services and entertainment and theater and mental health services to young people who also received the cards that were drawn and written by the students of Union for Puerto Rican students at UIC, giving them hope and advice and letting them know that there's a community here in Chicago that will not forget them, that stands in solidarity with them, and that will continue to provide support. We ended our tour in Ponce, where we met with a leader from El Nodo, an organization that assumes responsibility for the restoration of historic buildings. We had the privilege of walking a couple blocks through Ponce and seeing some of the most historic buildings that we all know to have cracks from the very foundation of those buildings all the way to the top of the roof. This organization has been mobilizing across the country and in Puerto Rico to get funds to save those buildings because those historic buildings are the very identity of that pueblo and we cannot allow for those buildings to become inhabitable or to fall apart. There are many people to thank for this tour, the money we were able to give to be able to meet these people, to be able to show solidarity and to be able to say that the Puerto Rican agenda of Chicago está presente. And I want to start by thanking a couple of people for their contributions and their support. I want to thank our Congressman Jesus Chuy Garcia for a large contribution, for his voice, for his advocacy, and his presence in the House to ensure that Puerto Rico will get what they need. I want to thank our state representative for everything she does on Paseo Boricua, everything she does in her office and around the city to ensure that people of Puerto Rico, not just in Chicago, but in Puerto Rico get what they need. She uses her will, her voice, and her political position to ensure that everything that Puerto Ricans need and the advocacy that is necessary is voiced and echoed. So I want to thank There are many communities that donated, but we had such a large contribution from our Palestinian brothers and sisters. I want to thank and also a member of the Palestinian Arab community without our Palestinian brothers and sisters and their solidarity, all work would not be possible.
there was a very large contribution made by the World Business of Chicago, and I want to thank that organization for allowing us to take the trip to Puerto Rico and give such large donations. There were also organizations that mobilized their own events and contributed from their organizational funds. I want to thank La Obra Union for Puerto Rican Students, and more importantly, I want to thank every Puerto Rican Agenda supporter, contributor, and active residents who donated, whether that was $5, $10, $15. We had hundreds of donors that made this trip possible. And without you, we could not have done what we did. want to acknowledge there were nine Puerto Rican agenda members who went on this trip. Every member took out of their own account to pay their way and their stay in Puerto Rico. This is a leadership that is completely volunteer. A leadership that is dedicated to the people of Puerto Rico, to getting the aid to the people, to being able to voice the needs. And so I want to thank every executive Puerto Rican agenda member who took the trip and who made this trip possible. It is the collective effort of a leadership like the Puerto Rican Agenda of Chicago that makes this work phenomenal, a privilege to be a part of, but also effective. I want to give the biggest shout out to Luz Destuarte and WGN. They took the trip to Puerto Rico and they ensured that they covered the story. The story that a lot of major media productions do not want to cover. The story of the people. They followed families, they came with us to tours, they came with us to the municipalities to ensure that the work of the Puerto Rican people from Chicago and the need of the Puerto Rican people in Puerto Rico was seen on every major television. <laughs> this is only the beginning. The first delegation that the Puerto Rican agenda has taken since the earthquakes have hit. Our work is not done, nowhere near done. Our elected officials alluded to it, Christina alluded to it, and I am saying it again. This is the only the beginning. The people of Puerto Rico need us. They need us to advocate for policy changes. They need us to advocate for the release of funds. But they also need us to do the people work, to take funds from the people to the people when the government will not. And so we're going to continue fundraising. We're going to continue to ask for your support, continue to donate, and continue to advocate for the work that we do. And we appreciate you. Thank you. I'm going to pass it on to Carlos Jimenez, who's an executive member, to do the translations. Buenas tardes, mi gente. Soy Carlos Jiménez Flores, C-A-R-C-E-C-A-R-L-O-S, Jiménez, O-T-I-M-E-N-E-Z, Flores, F-L-O-R-E-S. Nosotros, como, como hicimos en, durante el tiempo del huracán, recadamos fondos para ayudar a la gente de Puerto Rico en su momento de más necesidad. Porque el gobierno federal estadounidense no está presente, pero nosotros sí. Nosotros, la gente puertorriqueña, sí estamos presentes y seguiremos siendo presentes. 
esa visita que nosotros hicimos, esa gira que hicimos en la, en la parte de la isla que es del sur y suroeste, visitamos seis ciudades. Fueron Peñuelas, Lajas, Ponce, Yauco, Guánica y Guayanilla. Lo que yo vi, yo, yo estaba viviendo en Puerto Rico durante el huracán y me encontré en Chicago nuevamente, pero lo que yo vi en, en, en Puerto Rico, eso fue algo único. Yo nunca he visto algo así, tanta destrucción. Y, y viendo a la gente viviendo afuera de su casa y algunos en, lo, en los campamentos, um, eso me chocó, me chocó. Y para la gente que tiene duda de qué nosotros hacemos con los fondos recaudados aquí en Chicago, bueno, ya ven, esto es prueba, que nosotros estamos presentes no solamente aquí en la comunidad puertorriqueña de Chicago y en la diáspora, pero también estamos presentes en la isla y esto no va a ser lo último. Vamos a seguir yendo a la isla, vamos a seguir ayudando a las familias de nosotros y también la comunidad puertorriqueña porque todos somos uno. Y lo que quiero decir también es, de parte de la agenda puertorriqueña, es que nosotros sin el apoyo... De, de los líderes políticos que tenemos aquí y suerte que tenemos un congresista como lo que tenemos, un, una representante estatal como la que tenemos, una, una concejal como la que tenemos. Sin ayudas así no, no se puede, hermano, ¿sabes? Esto es difícil y, 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 y lo difícil nunca, nunca se hace sin, sin esfuerzo por los sudor y le doy gracias a ellos y también a la comunidad de nosotros porque nosotros siempre estamos diciendo presente. Gracias. Questions? Yeah, I would like to ask uh, Congressman Garcia, if I may. Um, you mentioned, of course, the aid that has not been dispersed yet, but there's also the bill that uh, for earthquake relief that the House passed yes. uh, that will likely never make it to the Senate. And even if it does, uh, OMB has already said that the president will veto it. Um, what would you like to say about that? That uh, the House has done the right thing, that it is now upon uh, the leader of, of the Senate uh, to account for why they wouldn't respond to the added urgency in the six, seven municipalities in the southwestern part of Puerto Rico. This is totally inhumane. Why the differential in treatment of people in the time of need? There were floods in Mississippi last week. I'm sure that we're going to be seeing some action desired and taken, that it will be bipartisan. Why can't it be bipartisan when it comes to Puerto Rico? That is the question to be asked. It is shameful that the president last week chose to pardon 10 white, white-collar criminals, but refused to act on the fate of three million people in Puerto Rico and 800,000 plus DACA recipients plus all of the temporary protective status people. Instead, he is fighting us in the United States Supreme Court, taking us all the way up there while the, the, the lives of all of these young people, the DACA class yes. of young immigrants, 
hangs in the balance and there's great uncertainty about their future. So I just counterposed that and asked the question, why? Why does it have to be this way? Congressman, the exact yes. quote from OMB uh, when they put out their veto threat was, neither Puerto Ricans nor American taxpayers will benefit when emergency aid is misallocated, lost, or stolen through waste bodies. The excuse of corruption just doesn't hold up. Mm -hmm. uh, the corruption has been mainly among contractors that are based in the U.S. There may be instances of corruption on the island of Puerto Rico as it relates to politicians, but as it relates to the assistance that has been appropriated by Congress and the administration of it, there is hardly anything to be said that corruption is the reason why one can justify the uh, relief not arriving there. We're going to be taking up additional legislation in the respective committees. I'm also a member of the Natural Resources Committee, recently added about a month ago. And I'm also a member of the Financial Services Committee, where we're looking at PROMESA and all of the repercussions and the tremendous impact that this will have on recovery for the long haul. Puerto Rico needs a clean slate, yes. addressing the indebtedness and all of the corruption that brought about the great debt that has been established there. The people have little, if anything, to do with it. It's been mostly the politicians on the island over many years that got us to this point, and it's been the vulture yeah. of people yeah. on Wall Street. Any other questions? Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us, and we will have something for you soon. Once again, you can donate to the Puerto Rican Agenda's 3Rs Campaign for Earthquake Relief Efforts by visiting PuertoRicanChicago.org. Again, that's PuertoRicanChicago.org. Thank you for the support. If you want to connect with the podcast, follow us at Paseo Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Visit our website, PaseoMedia.org. That's P-A-S-E-O Media.org. And email us at PaseoPodcast at gmail.com. That's P-A-S-E-O Podcast at gmail.com. I always love reading listener comments and topic suggestions, so keep those coming. <laughs>